Welcome back to David Burkus Presents, where every week I, because my name is David Burkus, present an idea or a person with an idea that will help you do your best work ever. Today, it's the, the second one. It's the person with the idea. It's my friend, David Knorr of the Knorr Group. You can see it in his thing. He wrote that just so you, you know. Um, David is the author of like, I don't know. I Honestly, I lost count. But- 11. 11. <laughs> But of the new book, I don't even remember how many books, but of the new book, Curve Benders, which is what we're going to talk a lot uh, about today, we met, well, where did we meet? Did we meet at MG100 or did we meet at Thinkers 50? Jail in Mexico. Let Jail, the yeah, that's right. We, got, go out. we couldn't pay the cabbie in Cabo, and so they threw us in jail until we <laughs> wired the funds, and we really got to know each other. Thinkers 50, London, 17. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it was, it was London's, London Think is 50. We've got a lot of overlaps um, in our work, but I appreciate a couple of the differences um, in our work and how we apply it. But David, that's a terrible bio of you for everybody's listening. So why don't you tell us who you are and what you do? That way I know I covered it right because let's the jail just, in Mexico thing probably doesn't work. Let's just, I'm, I'm just grateful you're not my agent because <laughs> I'd be poor right now. No, I, I joking aside, I'm a, it's a mutual admiration society. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I, I, I advise, I coach, I speak, I educate. That's what I do. This is year 19 of my practice. Curve Benders is book number 11. And Berkus, as you know, my passion is this idea of the application of strategic relationships in driving real innovation, in driving uh, profitable growth, and really driving lasting change. So my Clients are typically large enterprises or or really visionary PL leaders who want to challenge the status quo more than they defend it. Okay. I want to define two terms in here right off the bat, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, you said the first term, strategic relationships. And then I want to talk about curve benders. But the reason I want to bring in strategic relationships is that I learned this with my book, Friend of a Friend. When you use terminology like that, you sometimes turn people off, right? Because they go, oh, well, that means being weird and being sleazy and having like, that means adding everyone I'm connected to on LinkedIn to my email list and bugging them. That's not what you're talking about. But I know that that's what a lot of people tend to assume. And then it gets them that weird feeling. And then like, they're done. They probably already stopped listening. But if they're still listening or watching, what do you mean when you say strategic relationships? There's a ton of research that points to the fact that an average individual, as you know, can proactively manage about 100 to 150 relationships proactively. So I'm a big believer of fewer, but more authentic, more real, more intentional. So the whole idea of strategic relationships and my first book, Relationship Economics, was focused on just that. How do you become more intentional? more strategic, and more quantifiable in the relationships you choose to invest in. And David, one of the things that I deeply believe in is not every relationship is the right one. Not every relationship is relevant. Not every relationship. And for a long time, I think our society has, you know, through influencers and all kinds of other nonsense, has helped all of us confuse vibration with forward motion. Hmm your contacts and all the followers and all the LinkedIn and the litmus test for you and your audience, right? Print out, export your LinkedIn contacts into a spreadsheet. Look at the spreadsheet and ask one question. Do I know any of these people? (laughs) 
right? And and you and I know garbage in, garbage stays, right? Just like the old business cards we used to collect and it would sit in a pot. We, we collect and we connect with a lot of people and yet there's no depth. There's no relevancy. There's no, and this pandemic has brought that woefully apparent because if all you had was their office number and they're not going into the office, you're not speaking with anyone. Yeah. And, and, and so when I say strategic relationships, I do have to reiterate, my job is not to teach anybody how to manipulate others. My job is not to teach you how to use people. To the contrary, if you know anything about me and my work, I'm all about investing. I'm all about nurturing. I'm all about sustaining those fewer relationships. So never use, but you can capitalize on them at some point in future. But it isn't for everybody, and it isn't – and by the way, I don't teach people how to date. That's not what I do. So it really is focused on really kind of the, the driving business initiatives, driving growth, driving key strategic priorities, driving innovation forward through few strategic relationships. Yeah. Well, and I love you added in there the, the word intentional, right? Because this is this is the line that I would always use. When I would talk about developing a system to stay in touch with weak ties and all that sort of thing, people go, oh, that's too transactional or whatever. Like, no, no, it's not. Like, I have an app on my phone that I track how many times I praise my two kids or how many times I say something loving to my wife. Not because I'm transactional and weird, but because I love the relationship so much that I realize I need help doing some of the things I'm supposed to do to maintain that relationship, right? Um, or like a lot of people have a calendar reminder on their phone for their spouse or partner or whatever to remind them like, hey, it's a week before her birthday. You better get a plan, right? So, um, let, me you, let me give you audience a real practical example. When this pandemic hit, one of the things I did is I made a list of my top 100 business relationships. And, and for some of the younger audience, I use this antiquated device called a telephone where you actually hit the numbers and their voice kind of comes on the other side. And I call them. David, not to sell them anything, but it was, how you doing? And the conversations were around, what are you seeing? And what are you hearing? And how are you doing things differently? And what's fascinating is I've always believed the more diverse your portfolio of relationships, the broader your influence and impact footprint. So when I talk to a client or a relationship in manufacturing, and then I talk to a relationship in professional services, and I talked to a relationship in Italy and then one in Latin America, you get very different perspectives on this global phenomenon. And you realize that you, you know, companies cannot cut their way to growth. And beyond the defensive postures, those that those that took an offensive approach definitively set themselves apart from their peers. And it was because they doubled down on fewer, really useful, really impactful relationships. You know, if I'd have known that's what you were doing, I probably would have returned your phone call. So I would appreciate. I, I, appreciate I, I think I just got your cell number, which is a rarity. I had to. It was an NFT. I had to bid on it, and yeah. I got it just last week. So I'm I'm good. Yeah. No. Look. I mean, I am. I am very very uh, early. Early. I'm like the first year of the millennials. So the idea that the phone is for a voice call. No, I'm kidding. All right. So in, inside that, you also use the term curve bender. I mean, it's the name of the, the book, but it's more than just a decent name. So inside that portfolio um, of the 150 or the top 100 or what have you, what is a curve bender? Sure. So one way to think of strategic relationships is they 
impact your performance, execution, and results, right? Conversely, uh, four years of research, over 100 executive interviews, and I was really curious about those relationships, David, that, that leave an indelible imprint on us. So imagine that uh, early professor, imagine that first boss that really beyond the product or service took you under his or her wings and taught you how to be empathetic, taught you how to be compassionate, taught you how to engage at a real human level. And, and they're curve benders because in face of constant disruption in our world, and not just the way we work, but the way we live, the way we play, the way we give to others, they help us accelerate our relevance because they shape both the direction and the ultimate destination. And a very simple example that I can share with you is you, you and I actually have a curve bender in common, and that's of Marshall Goldsmith. Think of the rich relationships you've built. Think of the caliber of people you've met through that community that you wouldn't, may have not had access to otherwise. But because Marshall's generosity in bringing us together, our lives are richer. And in many ways, it is changing if it hasn't already changed some of our direction and ultimate destination. Well, okay. So it's a great example, by the way. Um, but Marshall Goldsmith was Marshall Goldsmith, right? And he was when he reached out to us, when he built this cadre, et cetera. But a lot of curve benders, it's, it's, you notice they were in hindsight, right? Mm. So how do you know, can you know ahead of time who a curve bender turns out to be? I love that question. Unfortunately and regrettably, no, because none of us have a crystal ball. I can't anticipate what you know what's going to happen. I can absolutely plan for it. So what I did in the book, instead of future gazing, I like blueprints. I like roadmaps. And I created seven steps to meeting potential curve vendors. But I'm reminded of, and your audience is going to really appreciate this, my mother gave me some advice in terms of finding a soulmate. I know you and I both also married above and beyond our pay grade. So mom said, you know, you want to find a, a, a fantastic significant other, be the person they're looking for. Hmm. Be the person they're interested in. Be the person they want to be with. So my seven steps begin with, do you have a growth, digital, and entrepreneurial mindset? Do you have a commitment? to becoming the very best at what you do today. Stop chasing the next job. Stop wearing your eagerness on your sleeve. Have you seen what a great job I'm doing? I'm doing a fabulous job. Be the best at what you're doing. And then a catalyst happens. And I'm reminding you and your audience of, of our first chemistry class. You remember the, the chemical reaction that right initiated something? Something triggers that says, I want more. There's a higher level. There's a bigger purpose. I, I want to go after the possible. And you then immerse yourself. I call it immersive inquiry into really becoming a subject matter, domain expert. And what does that now to next journey look like? Through which then you start to meet other interesting, other like-minded professionals. If you start to execute, if you start to uh, keep them updated on your progress, it's amazing those that demonstrate a vested interest in you and those have the best potential to become curve benders in your future. Oh, okay, but fair. You're, you're glossing over something here, right? Which is like, like Emily Dickinson did great work, but nobody found out about it until she was dead, right? 
because sometimes it's hard, right? So it's not enough of the adopt this mindset, do great work, be a subject matter expert. There is something about putting yourself out there, right? Sure. And, and you said, you know, make sure people know what you're doing, et cetera. There's a lot of people that that is like, that's the, the wall that they're not going to go over. That's the hurdle that's just too steep, right? Ah. So what? how do you get started in that? Or what have you found works, especially for those people that are like, well, yeah, I'm a content matter expert and this and that, but like, but I'm not willing to put myself, I mean, you and I are both borderline narcissists, right? So this is easy for us. I, but it's not even everybody. I came on your show to feel good about myself, not to be. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, you're exactly right. Is I have a mentor, one of my curve benders has driven this into me that if you don't toot your own horn, there's no music. So if you're doing great work like you do, if if you don't put that work out there, if you're not visible, if you don't share that with, here's the interesting part. Those that are equally intellectually curious about a topic. So you start to, in Seth Godin terminology, you start to find your community, your tribe, other people who are likewise curious about this, not destination, but journey. And they're looking at it very similarly and they're asking interesting questions. And David, what I found as an incredible enabler of you identifying some of these people is asking better questions about that's interesting. You and I think about relationships very similarly. How do you think about it? And you start to identify other like-minded potentials, relationships who want to gather and they debate. That's the other frustrating thing for me is I grew up in the Reagan, Tip O'Neill days and I miss civil discourse because they didn't like each other, but they battled around ideas and ideology and they challenged ideologies and they found ways to get things done. And whether it's the political discourse in our country or whatever, this black and white or this, you know, if I'm, if I'm good, you're evil is not conducive to us improving ideas and moving key ideas forward. So you, it's, you're exactly right. You have to have more than the idea. You also have to immerse yourself in a community of interesting, different perspectives and proactively aim to prove yourself wrong. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you start to identify others that also appreciate where you're coming from. And that debate, those discussions around those ideas tend to gravitate other. And I've identified this inner circle idea of people who come together around a common mission, common vision, common enemy. And you start to see that you're dramatically better off because of these relationships. Einstein had one. He got together with a, a number of other physicists and other mathematicians in a very collegial, very kind of let's go have a beer in today's vernacular. And they would debate ideas. And because of that, they were all richer for it. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the key word you said uh, in that was, was community, right? And this has been uh, you know, so it's not about having to broadcast out all your work. It's not even about having to lead the charge of building community, right? We use we use Marshall Goldsmith as an example. It's a very deliberate community built by somebody who already had the world's attention, really. But for a lot of people, it's as simple as finding that community already exists, right? I mean, in in, in friend of a friend, I called it seeking out silos. My friend Pam Slim probably has the best, no offense, the best description of it which is, she says, you have to find the watering holes in it, like, like on the savannah, right? At dawn and at dusk, 
everybody came to the watering hole. And you just have to figure out the people who do what you do and want to grow into the world, they already gather in, in somewhere. And you and don't have to start it. You just have to go find it and contribute. And they all know each other. So if you immerse yourself in that topic, in that, so I'm a big believer of read people who are already writing about topics you're interested in, right? Go attend their events, go seek them out, go interview them. I, I think one of the, one of my first outreaches was, hey, come and talk about Friends of Friends because it's a topic that I'm really interested in and I want to learn more about. And I want to, and I've read over a hundred books on business relationships because I wanted to be able to, and this is the key, not just regurgitate my position, but defend it. And when you take that level of pride in whatever it is that you're doing, that I, and I might be completely wrong, but I'm going to go with enough intellectual curiosity. I'm going to go out in, with enough inquiry and exploration and experimentation to prove myself wrong. It's amazing. You, you're exactly right. You find those watering holes. And certain individuals within those or extensions of those become those curve vendors. Okay. So what about, because I know this is going to be something people are listening and are probably already thinking, what about COVID, right? Like what, what about the great uh, everybody stay at home experiment that we've lived through for the last year, right? Like you, you were writing curve vendors somewhat, you know, during this, but I, again, I think a lot of when it comes to strategic relationships, intentional relationships, networking, et cetera, we assume that means in person, we assume that means whatever. And, and I loved your idea about reaching back out to the top 100, but what if I'm like, I'm just getting, I don't have a top 100, right? Mm -hmm. I just, I just now I'm convinced I need to do this and nobody's gathering in places yet. Right. What do I do right now? Sure. So, I'm more recently, I'm talking to a lot about hybrid relationships. And 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 for, for your audience, you had some relationships in person that since all of our wings got clipped, you've had to hopefully nurture, you, you've nurtured them digitally in the last 14 months. Conversely, there may have been some people you've met or you've interacted with or you've connected with digitally in the last 14 months that I'm trying to tell you will are going to need an in-person interaction. So as human beings, you know this, we're incredibly tactile. We, we, I, we, we crave that handshake. We, I'm a, full disclosure, I'm a hugger, right? We, so A, you're exactly right. As we get vaccinated, one of the things that I'm asking more people to do is if you're comfortable, still socially distant, still safe, but start suggesting to your relationships, you're in town, I'm in town, would you be open to a cup of coffee? And I recently met with a senior executive that I haven't seen in 14 months. And and you're gonna you're gonna chuckle at this. So I I got my vaccination card laminated and I actually <laughs> carry it with me. And when we met at this outdoor coffee spot, I said, I've been vaccinated. He said, So have I. I said, give me a hug. <laughs> because we need that connection. So number one, number two. I just want to. I just want to insert here for the big tech people that distribute this podcast and show that is not medical advice. That is it. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. And again, listen to what I said. If they're comfortable, and and from from both the suggestion of the coffee, but also the hug, right? So is because I, I genuinely care for this for this leader, and and we have some history together, and I want to nurture that. I want to develop that. So coming full circle to your question, if you didn't have quality relationships pre-pandemic, it would have been a, 
very difficult time frame for you to begin net new relationships just because I, I can't see you. We're not in the same room. I can't shake your hand. I can't look you in the eye. I can't really understand kind of where you're coming from. And, well, and nobody really likes to go to those Zoom happy hours everybody was planning. And and again, we did we did what the best we could, but yeah, a lot of them were goofy. A lot of them were it, it just it reminds me of the when the web first came out. Do you remember some of the first websites were in SS brochureware, right? There were just pages and pages. There still some are, right? And because we didn't have the technology, we didn't know what to do, we didn't know how to really create a more engaging interactive. That technology will improve. It is not going to replace you and I meeting in person. You and I enriching those interactions in person. So COVID, and I actually contribute to you and our conversation around leading remote teams. I too am very bullish on trends that COVID accelerated. The value of fewer strategic quantifiable relationships. I am bearish against those that is trying to change. We, we have to get back together. I don't know if you know, but in-person is a thing again, right? So I'm, I've booked in-person keynotes because these industry associations, these companies you and I work with realize they're going to have to get people back together again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think the same thing. I mean, for one thing, there's the economics of it, but that's not what I mean. Um, I think digital, because I also noticed you said a growth digital and entrepreneurial mindset. And I, I wanted to harp on your use of the term digital there too. I think digital and the things we've been doing over the last year or so, I think they're great ways to extend out the amount of time you can go without an, an in-person sort of meeting to be in depth, but I don't think they're a replacement. Like I said this in friend of a friend, I think, or maybe I just said it a lot in interviews of it. And that is that social media, because everybody asked about that, but it's it's more than that now. It's all these digital tools are a supplement to, not a replacement for your in-person. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. And we've been using it to sort of extend the clock or try and run out the clock until it's safe to gather. Now it feels like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I have no idea how long that tunnel is, but it does feel like there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel. So, um, so let me take that idea one step further. The digital that I'm talking about is more around the ecosystem. It's okay. more around the platform. So one of the things we, I've done you know, in the last six months is I've launched something called the North Forum. It's our own private online community. And what I saw is that people didn't, back to my LinkedIn question of how many of these people do you actually know, they've become just unfiltered. They've become a whole bunch of people that I knew, but a lot of people that I didn't know. And some people I worked with 10, 20 years ago. And so- I said, what if I created a private community of like-minded professionals, the watering hole example, passionate about strategic relationships, visual storytelling, and this idea of personal reinvention. And I invited them into a private community where they also build a profile. I'm there every day. I'm adding my best content in there. David, I'm going around and I'm introducing people to each other, right? So Jim, you should meet Steve. The two of you, I knowing you, have a lot in common. So I've become in many ways a purveyor of relationships in a much more of a controlled environment. And I'm building an ecosystem of people who genuinely want to be there. And we've got great participation. I've got all kinds of stats and great engagement. They're contributing. There are now different groups. There are different threads. And this is, by the way, my third attempt at trying to create a community to bring like-minded people together. But it's that digital version of the watering hole example you mm -hmm. are. 
Yeah, I think that may be one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that a lot of people who eschewed those technologies had no choice over the last year. And so everyone's a little more tech savvy. That's why, like you said, it's your third attempt at making the community. And it, it, it probably worked and then sputtered out in the other two. But now we sort of hit critical mass around digital savvy. And it's a tool that, that can work, at least can work a lot more effectively to stretch out the interval of time between in-person meetings. And the platforms got more capable. So the technology evolved. I doubled down on the commitment to be there every day. It is a commitment to be there every day and engage and influence and add. Listen to what I said, my best content. Do I still have a blog? Yeah. Am I putting my best content in this community? Yeah, because these are my people. These are my relevant, highly relevant relationships who chose. They raised their hand and said, I want to be a part of something. I want to be a part of a movement. I want to be a part of a conversation. And that's where I'm investing my most of my time, effort, resources. Mm, mm, I love it. I love it. Okay, so the book is Curve Benders. I'm sure people can type that into Amazon and it pops up right off the bat. If they're looking more for you or they're, or they're looking to earn their way into your top 150 and maybe get an invite to that NOR forum, where can they find out more about you? Sure. So our website is probably best, norgroup, N-O-U-R group.com. That's where you have access to the forum and the blog and podcasts and videos and all kinds of good stuff, including the Curve Benders kind of landing page. It's got all kinds of good details there as well. Okay, cool. And we will have, if you're watching that, we'll have links right below this video. If you're listening, double tap the cover art and whatever you're listening to, because there'll be links to that uh, in the show notes. I do. I, I really want to encourage everybody to check out Curve Benders. You know, because I spent years of my life and an entire book talking about the importance of these relationships and how they shape not only your work, but your whole life. And I love getting alternative takes because I don't think this should ever be, here's what worked for me, try it for yourself and I guarantee it'll work. We should always be looking to learn from everybody who has a different perspective on how they built out the relationships that are really helping them. And David is, is one of those people. So David, thank you so much for joining us on David Burgess Presents. My pleasure, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, leave a rating and review because it helps share these messages with many, many more people. And if you really liked it and you wanna go deeper, then check out the amazing resources we have for you at davidberkuscom slash resources. Guaranteed there's something in there that'll help you or your team do your best work ever.